<laughs> Katie's like, where do I look? <laughs> I, I just thought- Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to Hospitality 360, number 303330, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> 30th episode. So welcome, everyone. It's a Friday afternoon on the 17th of December. So excited to be here. It's been a long week, uh, but a great week. Just got back from Phoenix last night. Um, got to meet the mayor. We've built a great collaboration with Arizona State University and looking to make a global impact with them. And if people that don't know Arizona State University, um, they're the most innovative university in the United States, especially now with their partnership with Thunderbird. Um, got, to, got to meet the chief engagement officer that Patrick McDermott, a great guy. And then Thanks to Brian Esposito, putting the relationship and aligning the relationship together with Sandy Martinez. So if you guys are watching, go Sun Devils. Um, we're there. We want to be there and we want to work with them. And it's going to be a great collaboration for the students and the entire <laughs> university and obviously everybody inside of EV as well. And then special thanks, and especially to our sponsor, uh, one of our sponsors, Connectors Closers Connection, founder Chris Meyer, great event last night, got off the flight straight to the event, over 400 people for his mistletoe Christmas party, and just tremendous um, shout out to Angelica Moore, running for State Senate Georgia, the 6th District, um, also big fan of EV as well, and then running for governor, Vernon Jones was there as well so another ev fan so we're we're so lucky and humbled to have these great ev fans everywhere um so i just kind of wanted to give those shout outs and thank you for all the support so i'll start off with um just small intros brian j esposito you can start yeah, right. Once again, Brian Esposito, CEO and founder of Esposito Intellectual Enterprises, holding company, 75 plus entities, 150 joint ventures around the world, operating in 25 different industries. Honored to work with this incredible EV hotel team as chief strategic officer and also leading on chief investments and in helping engage the future of the brand and bring on the right strategic capital. Thank you, Brian. Jeff? My pleasure. Hey, guys. Jeff Driscoll, uh, quarterback, tight end, uh, athlete for... Houston Texans. This is my sixth year in the NFL. I've been on four different teams. Um, so I've met a lot of people in my NFL journey. Um, I'm excited to uh, be a part of the EV team as well, um, part of the advisory board, as well as um, chief impact officer um, with EV, where um, I'm going to be focused on building and growing relationships uh, with people in and outside of EV, as, as well as the communities we serve. So excited to grow in that capacity. 
Thank you, Jeff. Katie? <laughs> Um, hi guys, Katie Steinberg here with uh, Market Scale. Um, I have my own podcast, Game Changers, and then I also had the sports, entertainment, and hospitality um, sectors here. But it's a great time, and um, I'm so honored and happy to be here every week. And um, I love you guys. So excited, Katie. Thank you, Katie. <laughs> oh yes, and I showed the students at Arizona State University oh, yeah. the Game Changer episode. They loved it. Oh, so fun. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> You're a Definitely. great guest. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Stephanie, oh. that would mean you're next. I don't know if you're following the flow <laughs> here. I didn't know if he was done. <laughs> Normally he says Stephanie. And it's I'm confusing. Gonna... No, I get it. I was, I was very you're, you're, I'm... you're doing great. <laughs> Shut up, Brian. <laughs> Stephanie Malik, founder and CEO for S Malik Enterprises. Um, Previously, uh, part of 11 global startups, six of which went public, four of M&A, and one Dissolve. We are currently working with um, 27 global brands around um, strategy, implementation, integration, and talent. Um, I'm also a crisis expert and um, advise uh, athletes and high-wealth individuals on how to um, stay only known for what they're supposed to be known for. <laughs> Actually, correction, 27. What did I say? I don't know. You said 26. It's 27 because you got EV. EV was the 27th. That's it. 27. <laughs> there you go. All right. There you go. There you go. All right. Now now I think we now got it's, now we can Now we can move forward because now yeah. we know. Now we know. <laughs> so we can clear that one up. All right. Beautiful. Beautiful. So the question of the day and of the show this week is who is your person of the year for 2021? So I'll go to you first, Stephanie. Not fair. <laughs> person of the year. I don't know. That's a really, that's a really difficult one. Um, I would agree. You should have gave us some time on that one. Yeah, I don't. I yeah. mean, I because because you know, can let me you know what? Let me answer this a way you don't mm -hmm. probably want to hear, but let me give you a, a real answer. I have I get so much value from so many different types of people, and um and and so there's not like kind of one specific person that I mm -hmm. that I get value or that, that shows up for me or that does an amazing job or, you know, any of these things, I feel like it's pieces of people. Um, and I feel like it's consistency and I feel like it's giving more than you receive always. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so like, when I think of that, I think of really what I think about is I think about all the people I lost this year. Mm -hmm. And I think about the, the intrinsic value that they instilled in me, whether it be from being a young yeah. child into to teenage years, um, and so I think about the people that I lost, but then I also think about the new amazing relationships that I have that are flourishing into these grand friendships, um, of just really missing that person when you don't have, you know, a message from them daily. So I don't, I don't necessarily think, I don't, I don't think I have a person of the year. I think I've had a lot of incredible growth this year, both with the beautiful people that have lived and maybe lost their lives at, you know, 90 or hundred years old that have taught me so much, um, but then all the people that came into my life that were new. Yeah, so. Uh, That'll teach you to make me go first. Mother Teresa. <laughs> Literally Mother Teresa. 
she is not my person of the year. Yeah, I, I learned a lot about her this year. Yeah, I'm, that she's is off my not, list. Well, so. Yeah, for certain, <laughs> she is not my person of the year. Yeah, she's Mother Terrorisa, so we should call her. Oh my God. <laughs> I was, I, I liked being ignorant to Mother Teresa. Right. I, then I, oh my goodness. Yeah. Right. I'm totally with you, Brian. I was, yeah. yeah kind of shook my world a little. Oh, I don't even know who Wait, I am anymore. Did you guys, is there like a documentary I'm missing or? It's, no, it's, no, it's, this, it's, this, it's this. deep underground documentary. Yeah. You're going to have to. It's, it's like that underground Katie, music. Katie, call me. <laughs> Katie's like, I'm going to call yeah, you right is, now. Like, you're, you're like crushing my dreams. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> It's like uh, that's our that's what we have to it's do because like we're crushed, so we have to pay it forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, Katie, yeah, do you, do you have <laughs> she she's like not Mother Teresa. <laughs> yeah, not Mother Teresa. Um, yeah. Oh gosh, person, <laughs> person. Of, always keeping it interesting. Um, person of the year, I guess I will say it. What Stephanie said. I mean, there's just so many different people that play such different roles in your life, of course. Um, but I will have to say my, um, cheesy as it sounds, my parents, for sure. Um, they're both so different in their own ways. But, you know, I think when you're um, growing up, it's always like, I'll never be like my parents, things like that. But um, I feel like I've realized I am really similar to them in a lot of ways. Um, and I've learned to embrace that and really appreciate it, as well as like, learn lessons from them as an adult and just look at them more as people as opposed to just parents. Um, so definitely them for sure. And just very appreciative of, of them for sure. Yeah. And I, I have to say, I've, I've been watching your father and um, you know, he's really focused on men, mental health and helping. He's focused on something. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But no, it's, it's obviously it's a very important issue. Katie, you're <laughs> going to get in trouble. I know, I know. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's very important. Um, and yeah. he does a lot of great work. We'll My just mom wipe as well, that. Sure. We'll wipe that Katie Steinberg yeah. coming out. She's like, I love my dad. <laughs> no, I love him. both my parents are great. <laughs> oh, <goodness>. uh, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. <laughs> Jeff? Yeah, so I got, I don't know, two minutes to think about it instead of Stephanie's zero <laughs> seconds. So, um, you know, in, in, the, in those two minutes, I thought, like, what do I value? What's important? And the thing that I was thinking of is versatility. And my world is sports. Um, that's, you know, where I spend my time. That's where a lot of my thought goes. Um, so the first kind of person that popped to mind was Shohei Otani. Uh, he's a pitcher and outfielder for the Los Angeles Angels. Um, he was a un unanimous MVP and he did it, you know, in the United States away from his home country, um, around people who don't speak his language. And he kind of, you know, makes baseball universal, not just an American sport. You know, it, it's a global deal now. And just the way that he did it, you know, in his second year at 27 years old, taking the entire game by storm, um, and doing something that no one, no one's really ever seen before since Babe Ruth you know, being a power hitter and a pitcher and just doing it with with class. Um, that was really the first thing that came to mind, just, you know, because of the versatility and the way that um, he handled himself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I was watching him last year and I'm like, this guy's going to be just a tremendous person, not even an athlete, but just a person. Way yeah, just, yeah, he uh, he he does it in a way where he's a, he's a sneaky superstar. So. Mm -hmm. I, I admire the way that he handled him, handles himself, and uh, you know I think a lot of people look up to him. So he was the first one that came to mind. Awesome, thank you, Jeff. 
Brian? You can skip Brian because it's going to be me. Oh. Well, it was. <laughs> till Jeff that, that ship sailed. I know. It's over. <laughs> uh, and, and I really admire and respect everybody's um, thoughts on this. Stephanie, yours is as close mm -hmm. to mine because my world changes on the day. Thank the you, morning. Brian. You didn't have to say my name. It's okay. I don't know. But, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick somebody just because I, I think the world of this person, uh, Mayor Francis Suarez of Miami, what he's done for that city and making that really the capital of the country right now from investment banking to blockchain, crypto, the momentum he's created in that city, the value that he's created in that city, the jobs that he's created in that city. Uh, the guy's an animal. Uh, he's, he just looks like they probably plug him in at night to a Tesla battery and he recharges and goes back out at it. But uh, I, I love what he's doing. I think he's, I think a lot of mayors and politicians should you know, you know, try to replicate what he's doing because it's all about the city and making it a safe city and a place for people to go and, and, and build value. So um, that, that guy's got my respect and admiration right now. But, um, but, but rather than, other than that, my, my answer is pretty much spot on with Stephanie said as well. Perfect. Perfect. So I guess, oh, you guys want to hear mine, I'm guessing. Yes. Okay. So for me, I, I gave it like a real hard thought. Obviously, I came up with the question, so I had a lot more <laughs> time to think about it than anybody else. But, <laughs> you know, um, for me, it's, it's really been everybody that I've met has been my person of the year because of the journey of 2021. Through LinkedIn, I've met so many people. Everybody that's inside of EV, I've met through LinkedIn. So it's been really the person of the year is everybody that's inside of EV for me. They're basically my person of the year. So that's kind of how I look at it is I've met these tremendous people, whether it's you, Katie, whether it's you, Brian, Jeff, you know, Stephanie, I think Jeff, you and I, we've known each other now four months, close to five months, whatever. And it's kind of weird with Jeff. I just sent him a message. Hey, Jeff, <laughs> you know, how are you? And then we get on a phone. I think same thing with you, Stephanie. Then you connected me to Brian. Same thing with Katie. I reached out. Same thing with Calvin. Same thing with Catherine, Rachel, all of these people. They're all my person of the year because I've met them through social media and they've been part of my entire journey. So just, you know, there are people that I'll never forget and obviously have been there for me this entire time. So why aren't they my person of the year? So yeah. thank you. Well, Ken, you're yes. welcome. All right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Ken. So, yes. All right. <laughs> We didn't hear you, Stephanie. What? Did you say something? Nope. Okay. We'll, <laughs> we'll jump right in. Um, I know we went from a little downward moment there. I didn't expect it to be so mellow. And we'll get it back up there. But so do you guys, let me ask you before we go into this, who drinks tequila? Stephanie. Yeah, I get a little sick, Stephanie. I'm kind, I'm kind of like you. I, I'll drink it, but I, I can't even I smell it anymore. I, I yeah. used to, I used to drink it, but way too much time in Cabo. I can't, I can't, I can't even smell it. <laughs> so have you? So let me ask you guys this: Have you heard of this tequila eight one eight? Yes. 
You have? How many times have you drank it, Brian? 818 times. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> Perfect segue. We'll go right, we'll go right, way, right into it. So 818 is the best-selling tequila on the market right now. Um, it was created by Kendall Jenner. Um, I'm sure you guys know who she is. So it's seven months since launch, and it's in 32 states, 136,000 cases shipped. That's over a million bottles, 16-time award-winning spirit. Hotel bars are on fire because of this. Um, it's selling like hotcakes in the lifestyle brands. Um, it's been doing tremendous. Um, I've had an investment a long time ago. Um, it was like a 10,000-square-foot liquor store. We generated like four or five million dollars a year and i know that when celebrities and well-known people put their names behind something i mean it just flies it really doesn't matter how it tastes it's just more of the brand marketing that goes behind it that's why i was even asking brian how does it taste i mean people know me i don't drink so you know it's just i don't it's something that i just quit like three years ago but that when I was really fat, um, so that's <laughs> but you know, it's something that I, you know, it's just uh, with tequila, I know it's a lot about where it comes from, the location, and but they've just won tremendous amount of awards. Um, I people know the rocks got a tequila, it's on fire as well. There's so many people now have a tequila, but I was surprised that this tequila overpowered the rocks tequila that has been doing tremendously well. So I'll go to you, Jeff, first. What did you think about this? Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about this in the hotel space before. People are tired of the of the box brand hotels. Mm -hmm. People are tired of the, you know, you look at beer, people are tired of the the Bud Light, the Coors Light. They want to go to the, to the breweries. Um, you know, they want to go to the boutique hotels. And I think this is just a carryover of that same concept is they want something that just seems uh, closer to um, kind of just more of like a small feel rather than a big box brand. And I think that's just the same mentality as those other uh, spaces that I just referenced. And it's, it's cool. You know, it's uh, when it's associated with something like, or somebody like Kendall Jenner, it's, it's just cool. So um you know, all it takes is a couple people to jump on board and, and then it's a trend and um, it takes off. So I think that's kind of my thoughts on it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know my brother's actually told me about this tequila he drinks and he told me he, he likes it. He said it's very smooth, but, you know, it's going to I think it'll do well. It's really focused, especially it's doing well on the lifestyle brands. So mm -hmm. uh, Stephanie. So what Jeff was saying, I think it's it's really about the craft. So I think now as everybody's going out, everybody wants something that's crafty, special, unique. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I don't drink it, but I will tell you this. When George Clooney did his yeah. um, his tequila, I was really excited because I loved the brand. I loved the bottle. I loved it. And I tasted it. And I just – I personally thought it was terrible, but I'm not a tequila person. So I was like, oh, you know, everybody else thought it was okay. It didn't feel – special as far as what they were saying it sounds like things are going a little bit better for this specific brand um mm -hmm. i don't have an opinion about about the the tequila but i think that it's bringing um 
lively, um, you know, breathing life back into hotel, you know, bars. Like if you go to Soho Grand or Tribeca Grand or any of like kind of the clicky boutique hotels, it's there. Um, To your point, Ken, I think that it's also Kendall Jenner's brand. So how much was she involved in it? I'm always thinking about white labeling. Where did it really come from? Who made it? Who partnered on it? Um, because I know so much about the beverage industry and about how it's made, I often wonder where it started and where it is and how much she had to do with it before branding it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I learned all of this when I actually had that business. Um, and I mean, I still do. It's in our family, but, you know, I'm just not, I don't focus on it, but it's, I learned so much because I actually went to wine countries. I actually went to Mexico Mm -hmm. to see these things and, you know, it's it's crazy, just like what you're saying, Stephanie. There's so much involved rather than I mean, some people just put their name on it, right? So right. It, it's just so much yeah. to do with this and the money behind it as well. I, I remember um what is that guy's name? Um the the guy that always says with that beer. Oh and, Dos Doseki is the most in the world. I'm Trace, I'm Trace Eckes. I don't usually I've drink gotten, beer. I've gotten that, I've gotten that term. I remember he's like, he's like no beer, tequila. Yeah. <laughs> no. That I remember that day, that time when that mm-hmm. actually came out, um, and it was crazy. It was all based on his commercial. I mean, that thing really sold based on his commercial. But Brian. Yeah, I'm going to give you my answer from being in the space. So we manufacture uh, liquor and spirits across every segment. Uh, we're actually the only company that make a, a, a liquor and vodka, tequila, rum, wine, beer, uh, and so on. So we understand every spirit. We've won awards. I'm not, I'm going to leave the name out because I'm, I'm not trying to plug it. I'm going to give you the reality of the industry. <clears throat> it's, it's very easy for a brand to hit a home run when you have the likes of a Kendall Jenner yeah, yeah, sure. uh, or anybody of that capacity, whether she's involved or not tends to be irrelevant. If she has no experience in distilling, mm-hmm. get her out of the room because she's going to mm-hmm. ruin the process. So we have like chemical engineers that are building these things. So they understand the manufacturing process. Uh, so, and we won awards. We were the only U.S. spirits invited into Monte Carlo, for example, during their award ceremony. So we have a great product. Getting distribution, getting brand awareness, and getting into that. That is a good old boys network. The entire North America is run by Southern Glazers. I think they do $16, $17 billion a year. Yeah. Uh, love them. Great group. But they'll only get behind something if they know it's going to be a success. So if Kendall for example, and George Clooney with, with uh, Casamigos, Ryan Reynolds with Aviation Gin, now Kendall Jenner, that, that model's done. It's baked in. Mm-hmm. Get a great celebrity. And she's probably the most sound out of that family that's you know, not going to be a crazy story attached to her. Yeah. Uh, so it's a safe bet. And, uh, and once you get a Southern, I'm assuming that's their distributor. Once you get Southern Glazier behind it, they will push it in every market. Their salespeople mm-hmm. will get Mm. special spiffs and and commission off of those sales the bars will get behind it so if you get the blessing in that industry which this got whether it's good or not it's going to be poured it's going to be promoted and, and it's going to have revenues yeah. um, and then at some yeah. point Diageo or Brown Foreman is going to buy because they buy everything mm-hmm. so it's in the system uh, yeah, but yeah. somebody can launch a product win a hundred awards, be the best tasting thing in the world. But if it doesn't get blessed into that industry and doesn't have the right support behind it, it'll never, never have a sale. Yeah. Don't, don't forget Pernod. Pernod will be all. Yeah. Yeah. LVMH. Yeah. They'll be all. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'll tell I'll tell you a story. It was um, actually it was one day I walked into our family business, the liquor store, and we still have it. It's in Connecticut. Somebody just runs it. But I walk in, and there were like three salespeople, and all three of them are like, "Oh, I got a new product. I got a new product. I got a new product." And that's basically they sell it. That's all they do. So when something new comes out, these stores want it. So you're definitely right about that, Brian. This is all, it's just the name is attached and the name is out there. And that's what the consumer really is looking at. But not only the consumer, it's also the owners of these places, you know? For sure. Katie? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that this has um, every ingredient to be a success. I mean, it's 1% of all sales go to the environment. Um, And then it says it's made at a family owned business in um, Jalisco in Mexico. Um, And then it has Kendall Jenner. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, I think without question, um, they, what was it saying? It was uh, within four hours on the internet, it was completely sold out. Um, and I think it's just going to continue, um, to be like that for a while. It's like the new hot thing, you know, everyone wants, um, once someone has it, then everyone's going to want it and everyone's going to want it anyways, because Kendall Jenner has it and kind of whatever she does is the norm. But yeah, I mean, I haven't tried it personally. Um, I did hear it tastes good though. So Stephanie, probably better than the (laughs) George Clooney's. Um, but Yeah. (laughs) I won't make a comment about George Clooney's uh, tequila, but have you, you know. have you guys at least taste, have you guys tasted it? Yeah. I mean, okay, to, me, I, to me, it's like, it's like absolute. I mean, unless it's super special. Right. That's kind of what I was, yeah. that's, yeah. it was, it was just, it wasn't like, Oh wow. This is, it was just kind of yeah. like, huh, that's the you know, only time I, I drink is Christmas day and new year's Eve. And the only thing that I drink is single malts so <laughs> that's it you know yep. what i mean note to self yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay no eggnog <laughs> no eggnog gonna mix that eggnog in there no 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 eggnog no eggnog so all right perfect so let's let's move on to the most boring conversation in the world right now the most boring. This is just bores me every day, every minute. And it bores uh, Stephanie like crazy. She hates it so much. So welcome to the world of crypto. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm taking like 14 classes. Are you really? <laughs> Heck yeah. What are you talking about? I have to like oh have like a ton of knowledge to be able to are fight. Are you paying somebody for that? Paying everybody. Oh man. Why didn't All you of just- them. Why didn't you just call me? All of them. All of them. Because the first video you sent me, I was more confused after I saw the video. Oh, you, didn't, you didn't watch the documentary? <laughs> no, I was too busy watching Mother Teresa documentary. All I right, have well, to watch that. that. All right, let's go to our article. Wait, wait till after Christmas and the holidays. It's right, exactly. Not the right, not the right season to no. Yeah. No. bring that. Oh, it's, gosh. it's bad. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> Minimize. <laughs> yeah. oh my God, uh, so this is this was a great piece because obviously, you know, the UPenn school and the Wharton school there, they uh-huh. UPenn school actually accepts Bitcoin for tuition payments. 
Um, and the professors there are stating that 2022 will be an even crazier year for crypto. They felt like 2021 was the year it just became normalized. And as per a Warren professor, they're stating 300 million crypto accounts are presently active around the world. And they think also, and I think also, that tech is a driving force behind crypto. As technology is getting more into the households and everywhere around the world, crypto just becomes just this massive thing that's going around right now. Uh, Square, PayPal, Robinhood are leading the charge. Um, I've kind of said this, that I expect crypto to be around. I don't think it's going anywhere. I was just in Phoenix at an HTNG conference, a hospitality technology conference. And that was the first time ever this whole entire year that I've seen a crypto panel. I met a gentleman by the name of Bo from El Salvador. His hotel is the only hotel in the world that does everything Bitcoin. Every single item wow. inside of that hotel pays employees, life insurance policies, life insurance, medical insurance, you know, you name it. Everything is Bitcoin. All of it is operated through Bitcoin. Accounting, all of it, everything. And then, you know, Justin Knight um, runs the Apple REIT. Was there part of the panel? Good friend of mine, Ron Turo, um, out of Florida, was there as the moderator, you know, and I, obviously I was there as well. And, you know, it was just the first time. And now they're right about normalizing. But, you know, there's a lot more to this. And, you know, I think in the article piece, it talked about correction. So I'm going to go to Brian here. I think they say the 80% correction, Brian. Oh. Oh, what do good. you think about the 80% correction? It, it, it's still, to me, I, when Bitcoin was $3,000 a coin from 20,000, was it 2017? And people were crying. I'm like, it's, it's still worth $3,000 a coin. <laughs> um, there's a disconnect here. It still has value. I think we'd all give our right limb for a $3,000 stock that we could own some of. So, um, I, yes, I, I, I'm, I, there will be a correction. Like I said on the last show, every market has corrections, and that's mm -hmm. that's great. You put some capital on the side and 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 be there for it or short it. You know, however your investment strategy is. Uh, I think the uh, a Warren professor talking about crypto ten years later. Thanks, pal. It's great, great that you're you're involved now. When when there's obvious momentum, it's obviously here to stay. You know, the hotel you're talking about in El Salvador, they'll do that because they got full government backing. That, yeah. that is the digital currency and the digital mm -hmm. asset that they got behind. And we need other countries to do that as well to stabilize the, you know, this industry and, and prevent the volatility. But we love volatility. That's that's mm -hmm. what creates opportunities. I, I, yeah. Nobody wants to see anybody lose, but that's part of the deal. You want to put your money mm -hmm. into into something that you don't have full control over. That's the risk you take. Go to go play a blackjack or a roulette table. It's no difference. You may win, you may lose, you may break even. That's no, that's, the, that's the world we live in. But Steph, I got a question: Is is Wharton still hold water like it used to? I mean, here's the thing. So exactly to your point, it's not that they don't hold water. It's just it's old news. Like they start they they continue to um, report on old news. 
It's so interesting that you say that because Devin reached out to one of her college professors. She's been out of college for five years and he was so excited to talk about um, platforms and funnels and media. And what he was talking about was like click funnels and click funnels came out, I think in 2016 and he was acting like it was right now. So to your point, I don't think it's not relevant. I think it's awesome that they're catching up, but I don't necessarily, I wouldn't take it as a mastery. I wouldn't mm-hmm. take it in somebody who's involved in it every single day who's won and lost and, you know, failed and, and made bad trades and, and you know, is involved. Um, Wharton is, is it's, it's a finance school. And right now they're still going back to the educational piece. Mm-hmm. There's still so many people not educated on this mm-hmm. for them to say Wharton. It's kind of like, yeah. Okay. But this, this is the problem, right? Mm-hmm. If you, if you think about it is when things like this come out, and just like Brian said, thanks, pal. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, pal. Because the thing is, you're coming 10 years later. You're going off what people are stating now. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and then you're adding your two cents into it. That might not even be right. When you're throwing 80% correction, you know, people are getting scared now. So you know, here's like, here's the thing, Ken, to your point about that. I so there's there, I don't know how much you guys know about this, but they have there's these these colleges and they do these things called like Jan term. And so like think about colleges are usually out between like four and six weeks between December timeframe after finals through like Martin Luther King Day. So it's four to six mm-hmm. weeks, okay? And colleges do this, these uh, private colleges, um, you know, Dartmouth, St. Mary's smaller colleges, liberal arts colleges do these things called Jan term. And it's one unit, one credit, and it can be whatever. It can be every single day for an hour. It can be Thursdays for four hours. It could be whatever, but you get a credit for this. Having you or like Brian go teach something like that would be such a giant benefit for the actual Mm -hmm. university for several reasons. Number one, those people that are actually taking that class are the people that are going to actually do something. Those are the people that are going to invest. Those are the people that are going to get excited to have. And, and I'm not being disrespectful at all, but to have an mm-hmm. old stodgy professor who's maybe taught economics or macro or micro or whatever, some sort of financial, um, you know, business entrepreneurship around finance is not going to be near the same as somebody that's hot right now and actually For making sure. a difference and can talk about all the different types of crypto and Bitcoin yeah. and everything else. That is what is going to really educate this market is people like you guys who really understand it, who can, cause these are the kids at Wharton at Penn that can ask mm-hmm. those really incredibly difficult questions. Those yeah. questions that make you and For Brian sure. sit back and go, Oh, you know what? Gosh, you know what? That's a great question. Let me go back. But has the network to answer it in four seconds opposed yeah. to a teacher doing a white paper. <laughs> Absolutely. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and one, one point on the correction I, I want to focus on. With the likes of MicroStrategies, Michael Saylor, and some of these other huge, huge successful entrepreneurs and public companies, they're buying as much as they can. So anybody selling, yeah. they're out buying. Uh, so that's going to support any type of drop. I don't think a correction will be that big. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it is, great. People that have money on the sidelines take advantage of it. Yeah, I mean, Brian, I agree with you completely. And, you know, I mean, I think everybody knows. I think Brian, Stephanie, Katie... Uh, Jeff, you guys all know how much I love crypto. And I don't think there's going to be a correction here that massive. You know, I just don't see it. It's going to be regulated in some way. And we'll find out in January what that looks like. Um, But I just don't see a massive correction of that sort. I think we're seeing so much happening, but there will be a correction. There definitely will be a correction. And I don't know the amounts. I'm not 
magician to know that amount. But, you know, I think you're going to see the roller coaster ride happen in the first quarter of this year or next year, I should say. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens. Katie. For sure. Um, as always, I think Stephanie brought up an incredible point. Um, I wish that I was able to take a class on crypto in college um, where I would give a lot better answers every week when we have these crypto talks. But um, no, I mean, I, it's already so huge, um, but there is such a, there's still that lack of understanding. Um, so I feel like until kind of everyone can get on the same page and just have the education, um, I don't know how much bigger it'll get. Um, I think there's those people who just like, I don't want to say they don't care, but if it's not right in front of them, um, just aren't willing to go out and learn. Um, but I think it will also progress. So not yeah. not only that, Katie, but to your point, how incredibly difficult is this Wharton professor making it? Oh, I know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that's my thing. Like if I'm looking at my kids who, you know, two of them are out of university, one of them's finishing mm -hmm. next year. If I look at how they're different modeled, their different modeling style is for learning, yeah. how difficult is a true financial professor sure. at Wharton, how difficult are they making it? Yeah. Um, if you make it really easy and you make it really fun and you set up different models and projects to actually get them to start trading there and get them familiar with the trading floor and what it looks like and how they can do it. That's when you get people excited to go, how do I do this now? Like, what does this look like now? For sure. Like it can't be like, yeah, it can't be stuffy. It needs to be very experiential. Right. Um, it needs to be fun. But I, I mean, it's, it's so interesting. Of course. I just think that yeah, that's the thing. It, it, they need to make it exciting and make them want to actually do it um, and not have it be something that they're stressed about or anything like that. Yeah, I, I know a hotel brand. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Are you saying? No, really? Are you that's saying? Crazy. <laughs> but I'll let Jeff take over. Jeff, do you know that hotel brand? <laughs> um. It's two, maybe two letters. I don't remember which two letters, but I'm feeling a great deal of impact coming on. Something like this. Evie, 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 there it is. Heard about oh. that. <laughs> but go there ahead. We go. You know, I, I, think we, I think we hit this one on the head, Ken. I'll, uh, I'll wait for our, for our next topic to add more. You guys, yeah. you guys hit it on the head already. Oh, you sure? Do it. Do we? Do we hit a contract snag or something? You can't talk about crypto. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, I mean, I think it's going to continue to to improve. You know, there's going to be more and more people using it. Like you said, uh, there's there's yeah. a hotel in El Salvador that's you know completely Bitcoin, and um, I think that people in El Salvador trust Bitcoin because the the government uses it. Um, you know, but I think people who are against cryptocurrencies are going to start to to realize it's the way of the future and instead of just saying i don't want to learn about it they're going to have to so the more yeah. people accept it uh, more people are going to to use it and uh you know i think yeah. as we've all said it, it's the currency of the future yeah let me ask you a quick question before we jump into the next one jeff is what's the nfl's standpoint on crypto like what what are they doing i see the nft they're pushing the nfts what is their standpoint do you guys get memos do you guys get something on this crypto stuff obj likes it <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's actually been a few players um who have requested their salaries to be paid in bitcoin um and they've been denied um 
you know, nobody, nobody is getting paid in Bitcoin right now. Um, mm -hmm. But if I looked on my phone tomorrow and saw a news article that says, you know, Jeff Driscoll is or whoever is the first NFL player to be pay, pay, paid in Bitcoin, I don't think people would be surprised. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it would be a shock to the world. I don't think players would, you know, have any issue with it. Um, it's discussed in the locker room every day. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't think we're that far off. Yeah, yeah. If I yeah you know, and, and I talked to a good dear friend of mine, Michael Crawford. He's the president of the Hall of Fame Village there in Canton, Ohio. Mm -hmm. um, and he was also former president of Four Seasons. And him and I, we speak about this because they did the NFTs. They're doing that league of uh, fantasy football and stuff like that out there. And, you know, he told me a while ago about the NFTs and the NFL. And, you know, I think as we get to 2022 and even probably in the season, I feel like the NFL is going to move towards accepting um, crypto for their tickets as probably phase one. And then I, I think that's going to be the sports leagues. If they drive this, I believe once it drives into sports, we're going to see it drive just on a very big incline. So yeah. the, the other thing to think about is they're going to have no choice at some point as the team uh, players and uh, fans are going into a stadium that's named some sort of crypto right. ownership. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, so, right. so they're going to like, obviously NBA was first with uh, Staples yep. Center and then what, what happened with the Heat because of Top Shop and what they did with, with the NFTs. Uh, so yeah, at some point they're going to have to be forced to do it just because it's happening. They, they may hold out the longest, mm -hmm. uh, but they're going to have to be forced to do it. Sure. Yeah, you're going to give us the breaking news, Brian, when that happens. You know, right here, it'll be right here and CNBC. We're gonna do somehow. <laughs> somehow I've been we'll talking about getting a breaking ticker <laughs> on the bottom. <laughs> Only here you get the breaking crypto news. <laughs> but all right, so let's move on. Um, obviously, not so great news. I love talking about crypto. I think everybody here loves talking about crypto. But we're gonna take it right to Ireland. Um, this, in a way, I personally, I'll be honest, I don't know what's going on with COVID in Ireland. And for me to hear this is just devastating. I feel horrible for the employees. I feel horrible for the owners and even the spectators and the consumers. Um, they're proposing a 5 p.m. curfew in Ireland. Um, this is something would shut down the hospitality industry, especially around this time of the year. I mean, this is the big money-making time, Christmas, New Year's. You know, um, one of the funny things, and I don't know if this is funny, but it was funny to me, They, the critics described it as bananas, and they kept talking bananas. So <laughs> for me, I guess they're not fans of bananas in Ireland, you know, but... I mean, yeah. one one good thing out of this is that since they're not going to be drinking in Ireland, um, you know, beer and whiskey should be easily imported here. <laughs> well, so, they'll, be, they'll be drinking. Don't worry yeah, about yeah. that. <laughs> no, I'm sure they will be. I'm sure they will be. But, you know, I'll go to you, Katie, first. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, um, if you just think about Irish culture in general – so much of it is honestly revolved around drinking. 
Um, so, I mean, I feel like this would be terrible anywhere, but especially there. Um, and then <laughs> seriously though. And then also the five o'clock time I was, it's not like it's like even six or anything like that. Like it's basically saying like, you cannot be out at all during the evening, um, or seven or something along those lines. It's just only in the day. And so much of that would be, um, you know, just meeting a coworker after a drink or going for a holiday drink or, even a nightcap or just anything like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's devastating and I, I really hope it doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I know, me too. I, I just feel bad to be around uh, Christmas dinner table and maybe you don't have any alcohol. That, <laughs> that just wouldn't be good news. <laughs> but, single malt. Single malt that's your you, Christmas, single malt. apparently. <laughs> single malt, that's it. Oh, single malt, single malt. My father's cabinet. Just grab it from there. That's it. You don't even have to buy it. <laughs> Jeff? Yeah, just in the article, it talks about, um, let me find it. Let me find it. Uh, it just talks about it's crazy how, you know, the draconian measures that are being taken. And it's it's just crazy to me. We've, we've been doing this for years now. Um, you know, we've, <laughs> there's, there's only so much that people can take. Um, I think people were locked up for a couple months and, you know, people had enough of it. And, uh, you know, I don't see people wanting to go back to, to where we were, you know, last year or the year before. I think we've kind of finally gotten over the hump, you know, as a society, as a people. Um, and I think that I trust people enough uh, to, to choose for themselves what they want to do. If they want to pr yeah. protect themselves uh, and protect their family by, you know, by not going out, then, then don't do so. And, um, you know, we have vaccinations, we have masks, we have, you know, any, any protective measures that we want to take, you know, do, do that by yourself, make your own choice, but don't take it out on, you know, on one industry. Um, cause it really does it, it just, you know, kind of dampen, dampens the mood of, of an entire area of an entire product of an entire industry. So it's, it's tough to see that. And I don't see it actually, coming into effect. I don't think that people will make those measures, even though it's recommended, but um, even even just the mention of it kind of gets me going a little bit, gets me upset. So hopefully it doesn't come to that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's just hope uh, it doesn't happen because it would be bad. <laughs> I think there'll be a riot out there. And Brian? <laughs> Uh, you know, I always try to speak from experience. So over the last few years, we're redeveloping a famous uh, castle in Ireland. So we know firsthand, and I've learned firsthand, uh, that huge tourism uh, that keeps yeah. that country in motion, especially from Asia, an incredible yeah. inbound from, from the Asian community um, and China into Ireland. So that's a big part of their economy. Uh, secondly, you always have to think of uh, anything outside of the U.S., we're all very spoiled. Uh, and I've traveled around most countries don't have the access to health care, hospitals, urgent cares, medicine uh, that we have. And a lot of countries are all just rolling the dry, dice trying to figure out what is the best method to keep our, our, our citizens safe, whether it's vaccine, uh, keeping people separated. I mean, uh, a lot of things are a little silly that don't make any sense, but you know, they're, people are they're trying and everybody goes along with it. That's, that's kind of the worst part. We all just go along with it. And that's, that's kind of scary yeah. as, as a, as a global population at some point, you know, we, we should kind of speak up and say that doesn't make sense and be united. 
Um, it's a shame what happened in South Africa. I can speak on that. I mean, they had the lowest COVID rates and the lowest vaccine rates and the whole world turned yeah. against them. Uh, and it's a shame. Um, but uh, there, there's, there's, there's a huge plan in place and everybody has to get on board or you get the scarlet letter and you're, and you're treated like garbage. So Ireland needs tourism. They need to protect their citizens. They don't have the, 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 the measures that, that we have, for example. Uh, and and maybe it makes sense. Hey, everybody, just stay put for a couple of weeks. Let's let's nip this in the butt. Last month they put out a big article that it's going to be the, a nastier flu season than ever. So you take that in combination with, with all these COVID and different um, uh, strains or whatever the hell they're called. So it sucks. <laughs> it's, it sucks. And and everybody and everybody's just trying. And there's there's not an answer. So that, that that's my answer. There's no there's no answer. There is no answer. You're right, uh, Stephanie. So again, I totally align with Brian on this. Um, here's here's where my, what my take is on this. Um, I like to speak from experience. And one of the things I so I'm a dual citizen, so I have European citizenship, and things are so different there. So a couple of things that I didn't know, like for example, when I was going to go buy a house there, I was asking for like a home inspection, and I was asking for like homeowners insurance and like things like that, and I couldn't get the realtor to actually. She would just be like, "Yeah, absolutely, you know, no problem." I'd be like, "Yeah, but how do we schedule that? What's our due diligence?" Just things that were like that. I've spent so much time there my whole entire life. Well, there is no home inspection because if anything goes wrong with your house, the government helps you; they subsidize. Okay, there is no homeowners insurance. When I'm telling them what the homeowner's insurance are, fire, flood, you know, different things, they're like, oh my gosh, if your house falls down, your government pays for it. So, so they, I'm, I'm like, what? And I can't believe these things that they're telling me. So I'm wondering if, like Brian said, we're just trying to all figure it out. I'm wondering if, if there's some sort of subsidy program that they're going to offer if they actually do do something like that, if they are going to say, hey, if these are closed for this amount of time, we're going to give you this much. Mm -hmm. I personally know last year when Ireland was going through this, they were the hardest people to keep masked um, oh, during, yeah. during the time where the, the – yep. I don't want to say the drinking time, but like kind of like happy hour, moving into like pub time or whatever – they would just come in and, and all the masks were off. And so mm -hmm. that's why there was like a spike and then really, really low and then a spike and then really, really low. So I, I don't, I don't know the right way. I think everybody's really trying their very best, but I'm always so cautious to not judge or not to overreact as they go through these type of things and try and see really both sides of it. Cause I never would have ever thought in a million years that, you know, there wouldn't be, there'd be massive can massive government subsidy like a house falls down and it's three hundred thousand dollars they're out there in three days to give you a three hundred thousand dollar house and you don't have to do anything or pay for anything Crazy. and there, there's a whole other conversation about how good that is for the economy or everything else but i'm just saying i don't necessarily know what we don't know yeah absolutely yeah. no i i agree probably going to get in trouble for saying this but you can't keep people caged i mean this is we're we're just keeping okay. people caged all the time and this is how things are just getting worse. You know? could, could I add to, to that for a minute? Absolutely. We're ridiculously spoiled. It, we, I, we, exactly. we, all, we all were caged not that long ago. You stay at home, you get your groceries for the week, you hang out with your family, and there was, there was nowhere to go. You, know, you didn't have these stupid things ruining yeah. our lives. So you yeah, know, yeah. being caged is, I think, a really <laughs> good thing for people. Yeah. Uh, and we don't need much. So simmer down. And, in, and yeah. even in the U.S., when we were caged, we still could go anywhere we wanted. Certain certain stores 
were blessed that could stay open. They were considered essential, like the Walmarts mm -hmm. of the world. Right. But you could still go into these places and you had to wear a mask. And it, it's it's very interesting how people react to this. Um, you don't need to really do much. Just relax and cool your jets and don't don't spread this stuff uh, and, to get, to get yeah. this to go away. Yeah. Yeah. And Ken, you know what, to Brian's point too, like when you talk to people in other countries that are looking at the U S like they're, they're just boggled. Like they're like, wait, we, you just wear a mask. Like it's not like they're, they're, it's, they're so like, what is wrong with you guys? Like, what is wrong oh, with you? They're, they they're, say that when they go from New York to Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, like it's when you, during COVID, I'm, I'm telling you, um, where I live, Nobody even knew there was COVID. Every restaurant didn't matter. There was no six feet distancing. There was no mask. This is during heavy times of COVID. Every restaurant's open. I had friends that came from New York all the way here. And they're like, what is going on here? You know? So same with Texas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And that's that's the same thing. I, I think we had so many different things going on. And I mean, I agree with everyone, what they said. I, you know what, with the cell phones, with all of these things, I mean, we've been in power for so long. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. We've yeah. just been in power for so long. And I, I see it. I, I just experienced it on an airline on the way to um, Phoenix. You know, somebody was just going crazy inside of a security line, you know, but it is kind of where we are now and they, it's just nobody wants to take authority, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. But I think we're going to have to find out what happens here. I just, I don't know. If we had to go through another phase of what we went through, I don't know how people would react. I don't have that yeah. answer. Don't but worry. You get $1,250 for the month. Everybody will be fine. U.S. government's got your back. Oh, that's <laughs> what it is. Okay. Don't worry. I feel so much better now. Yeah. We can just yeah, go ahead and move fine. on. <laughs> Brian, did you just say? Don't worry. Everybody, oh, everybody's gosh. fine. Oh, they got it. All right. Beautiful. Twelve hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. I don't know. Nothing what to worry about. Get me. Nothing to worry <laughs> about. New Does glasses for the car payment. New glasses. Oh, that's right. There you go. There you go. See here for you. I, here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. Well, let's get to our last piece and then happy Friday. And then it's the weekend. <laughs> so, have you guys heard of the Hazelton Hotel? I, no, I have. have. Okay. I have. What do, think, what do you think about it? I'm not going first. You just asked me if I had heard it. No, no, I'm just asking you. Overall. I, I've, I've been there. Nice to <laughs> You did? So let me, before I go into this piece, tell me what your thoughts are, Brian. What do you think about that hotel? Oh, no. Uh, yeah, no, I don't care. You guys know. I'll tell you how I feel. Uh, anybody, oh, yeah, that is why I went to you first. Yeah, anybody. Jeff doesn't care. He's like, I'm, I'm like, just out. Like, just like, bye. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jeff. There you go. <laughs> So I, I love the trip advisors, the Google reviews, the Yelp. They're great, great platforms. But what's even more interesting, especially for me, because I'm all over the place and I get to experience it. Uh, if you have a good mousetrap where even at the desk, you can get a, a reward if you write a review and give us a five-star rating, you can trick the system. 
which is great. Uh, and if you have ways to engage with your guests that stayed and, and entice them to come back with another offer, if they leave a review, uh, my opinion, that is what happened here uh, with this facility is that it's, uh, it's a great place. Go have fun. It's yeah. no, no, nothing special as far as what the accolades that it's getting. You want me to, is it, am I getting the hook? I'm getting the Apollo. No, no, <laughs> you're, you're getting it like you get it. That's why you're uh, yeah, a smart yeah. gentleman. Well, you just know? just from experience, I'm not smart. I just made every mistake and get my ass kicked every day. But I know from experience <laughs> that is that to me that's just a really good team of people gathering reviews and getting getting uh, good ratings to to drive people to go there. And I don't mm -hmm. think people would go back that are leaving those reviews as often as you would think. So it's always a, a new batch of people coming because of the the mousetrap that they created. No, so. Well, so, Ken, mm -hmm. I have a completely different take. So That's I stayed, the first time ever. This is amazing. I, 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 like, I, I can't believe it. Like, I'm so excited first right time. now. Like, I'm just so excited. Well, like, we might actually argue. This is actually amazing. <laughs> no, I'm not going to argue. You, you, win, you, win, you win that fight every time. Um, I love them. Uh, I've stayed there 11 times. I've eaten wow. at the restaurant over 30 times. <laughs> they are so professional. Um, I had a, um, so you're leaving, you're the one triggering the system. <laughs> actually, you know what? I've never, you want to hear something terrible? I've actually never left a review. Um, but, oh, really? but I had something happen at another restaurant that we don't have to talk about that across the street. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had a video and film crew. We were filming, we were filming some, some, uh, some things with the client that I was with. And um, basically the room wasn't what it was supposed to be. I mean, it was, it was a nightmare. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And the manager, not the GM, but the manager walked out and I, he's like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? And I was like, good. How are you? And I told him what happened. He opened three rooms for me and had somebody come up and move furniture. So wow. at the very end of the 11 hour day. Okay. I said, can you give me an invoice? And he goes, absolutely not. He's like, thank you so much for coming in. I, we made you these cookies and they have really, these really cool desserts. Mm -hmm. And, um, and they, they sent them along the way. The very next time that I was there, I called ahead because I was with a person that didn't want to be seen. Um, and so mm -hmm. I called and I said, Hey, is there any way it was his wife, he and his wife's anniversary. It was our first one year anniversary. They had somebody pick up my client and they had him come in through an underground back area. <laughs> no one saw them. It was, he said, it was the best dinner that they have ever, ever had. And they were super kind. And then they didn't charge him for the dinner and just said, come back at any point. Yeah. The, la the last thing I'll say is, you know who's there a ton and who gives the hotel a lot of press? I don't know if it's positive or negative because it was way before where she is now. But I've probably been there 30 times and I've seen her there 10 is Kylie Jenner. Oh really? She's there all the time. She has she has a, par a parking space that's like her her. I didn't. If like, Kylie Jenner's it. team is watching. We plugged you in twice on this show. All right. No, Kylie. Yeah. Um, Kendall Ky was first. Kylie. <laughs> yeah, Kylie, not Kendall. Oh, so not Kylie. Kendall. Okay. No, there not Kendall. Kylie. Her other yeah. half. <laughs> um, so anyway, right, well, so both the, of use. I had a very, <laughs> very, very different experience, both with the hotel and with the food and with the chef and just with how things are, uh, how they play out there. I just think they're, I think they're super expensive and I think they're super professional. Well, let me ask you a question and I'm going to show everybody the article right after you state that. So, um, what did you pay? What may, you don't have to tell us the exact amount, but just the average for, for the, for the room Yeah. or for the food for the room. 
440. It's not bad. At 440 Canada, CAD. That's reasonable. Yeah, mm. it's fine. Yeah. And, and by the way, the other time where I called and it was 1700 because there was a conference, I called the front desk and I said, hey, I, there's there a show or is there something going on? And they honored my previous rate. Oh, that's so awesome. I just don't, I want to say something like terrible, but they're amazing. <laughs> I never say anything terrible. I, I said, I think they're good. No, I, I think, I think you're right, uh, Stephanie. And I think Brian's right too, because I would tell you stories. I mean, obviously you guys know I'm in the industry. So yeah. I know exactly from the experience side, what you're stating mm -hmm. and for the operational side, what Brian's stating. And it happens all the time. Right now I could tell you there's companies that, are removing TripAdvisor reviews, you know? Yeah. Um, there's companies that are adding engagement to TripAdvisor reviews, right? Now, on the boutique-style brands like this, I mean, a designer that designed this hotel is very, very well-known, you know, very well-known. Um, so they did put money into it. When they put money with the designer of that sort, that tells me they're putting money into culture mm. and compensation. The two yeah. C's yeah. that the industry always needs, you know, those two things combined. So I can definitely see where you're saying, Stephanie, and I can also see Brian's point because they drive hotels. Every single hotel drives these surveys so much right? that I don't base it. When I stay at a hotel, I don't even look at their stars or anything, what I do is I look at their picture. Mm -hmm. That's that's the only thing I look at because I know what happens with these surveys, you know, and who they're paying. Sometimes there's employees that are getting paid to write surveys. I mean, mm. some, some shady business going on. Right, right. Yeah, geez. And, and like I said, Ken, for me, it was the experience, just like you said, it was the experience in everybody from the concierge person to the bell person yeah. to just, they, they were just really smiley and happy and nice and friendly. And I, you know, I, my, my little one is a nightmare eater and, and yeah. nothing was on the menu that he want, wanted. And they made him this amazing macaroni and cheese. Like they oh, were yeah. just, they, I just felt like they were really just a, a kind group collectively mm -hmm. as a culture. Yeah, and, and they yeah. drive that with culture, definitely. I mean, there's there's actually out-of-country training that's sometimes done, like from countries like Dubai, mm -hmm. because that's where this culture training comes into play. But let me just show everybody the article so they see it. Um, it just got voted by – this five years in a row, actually, um, that this hotel, the Hazleton in Toronto, Ontario uh, – I'm sorry, Toronto, Canada – uh, for five years in a row, it got voted this number one hotel by TripAdvisor. Mm. It's rated yeah. among the top 1% of hotels worldwide. worldwide. It's got the highest honor by TripAdvisor. And the celebrity show, chef of the restaurant there is uh, Mark McWick. Is it Iquin? Or I don't know what to say his last name, but... I don't know. You probably know him, Stephanie. Do you? You ate at that restaurant, so no, maybe not. The restaurant was just good. <laughs> the restaurant was amazing, and like I said, consistent. It's always it's seasonal. It's fresh every single time. Um, I, I I can't. It's it's one of my most favorite hotels in in the entire world. It's one of the top five hotels I I, yeah. I like. 
Um, and the other thing is too, is when you, when you get something there and it's maybe not on the menu, the next time that you're there, the, if they have it and it's in season or they're able to make it for you, they will. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. I don't usually go to Toronto that frequently, but when I'm there next time, great city. I would say the other one. Let's go. The other one, yeah. Ken, that I love more than anything is the mansion at Turtle Creek in oh. Dallas. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Giant. Oh my that's gosh, my number one favorite Christmas. hotel. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. it. <laughs> it's incredible. That's like, I mean, it's not swanky. It's not like, you know, me, it's meaning it's not, yeah, it's not I should much. say it's not innovative. It's not techie. It's not all of these mm-hmm. different things. But as far as the service, the food, the consistency, the rooms, yeah. just everything is amazing there. Well, I'll can tell I, you. Can I plug mine now? Yeah, the, go. Uh, the Aqualina in Sunny Isles, Florida. It's the most amazing nice. hotel <laughs> in the world. Love it there. All right. We should all meet there. You know what? Let's Why do don't it. we go on a hotel tour? All of our we favorite should. hotels. We should. It's Sponsored by EV Hotel. Brilliant yes. idea, Stephanie. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, being the founder and all, it's really tough to come up with like the consistent the, the consistent ideas. Ken just saw a ghost. This is like a million dollar tour. Don't worry. We're going to have a Got good time. It. Got it. Like, Got it. Ken. Ken. Yeah. Come, come We're again. just going to have to figure out you how to I pull meant. some Bitcoin out. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but no, I'll tell you if you guys, I, I was in Scottsdale. I went to like a half a day tour when I was at the HTNG. And what surprised me was that Fairmont princess on a Tuesday night, they had a Christmas show going on sold out. Yeah. The ballet parking sold out parking lot packed. Probably wow. one of the best decorations I've seen from a hotel. I mean, they had a Cinderella, uh, decoration like the whole thing was just and the whole experience of that resort i mean it was just amazing i don't know if you guys been there but mm-hmm. the fairmont princess i, I love mean, scottsdale best restaurants in the world over there it's a good yeah city. yeah great city yeah. and the phoenician there is a phenomenal product. oh the phoenician yep i actually went and uh met a friend uh she was there from dubai so i was just saying hello to her and that's where she was staying so great uh great place over there so, I mean, they got a bunch of places mm-hmm. in Scottsdale. Um, but nothing is going to be better in the state of Arizona. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Evie Hotel. <laughs> then Evie. In partnership with ASU. Uh, and ASU. The most what innovative do? university <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. Forget Wharton. That's, Forget it's it. funny. I never knew that. Forget too. MIT. Get out, get 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 behind. <laughs> but I never, I never knew that about ASU's thing was this, and ours is this. It was so, just meant to be. Meant to be, meant to be. It's like a perfect marriage, you know. We just hopefully, uh, you know, there's just no divorce somewhere along the lines. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. <laughs> so, anything you guys want to add in, Stephanie or Jeff, into this uh, hotel? Yeah, I will. Uh, Brian Absolutely. and Stephanie spoke from experience, you know, both being there. I've never been there, never heard of the hotel. But just reading the article, it seems like they do a great job of understanding what their guests want. At a boutique mm-hmm. exper- or a boutique hotel, people want unique experiences. And just sure. looking at this article, it's littered with, with words, private, um, home away from home, private again. Um, yeah. You just, just all kinds of words like that that 
you know, they're, they're really hitting their target with, you know, yeah. what they're trying to deliver. And that's, you know, a private experience and, you know, different than the big box. Like we talked earlier with the eight, 818 tequila, people want craft. Yeah. And uh, it just seems like they're doing a really good job delivering that uh, unique yeah. experience. Yeah, absolutely. Katie, did you want to add anything to it? I was just going to add how beautiful it looked. Um, we were just talking about Ireland and it kind of reminded me um, just from the front with the brick and then the plants kind of looks like a really big, beautiful Irish pub. <laughs> um, right. But I, I thought it was just absolutely stunning um, and I would love to go. Cough, cough. Like so the, so the other thing, Ken, the other thing I'll say is it looks like Rodeo Drive right there. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's all like very, very, very high end. We We sat there and there was like, 10 Lamborghinis, 10 Ferraris. There's like, there's a helipad, which I thought was completely crazy because it was very, very noisy. There's a helipad very close, um, you know, exactly like um, Rodeo Drive with a much smaller feel with like cobblestone and like stuff yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, it's just, it's a, I, personally, when I've stayed there, like I haven't really had to go very far. Um, there's museums mm -hmm. that are right there, all walkable French bakeries that are right yeah. there, all walkable. Just an, it's an yeah. incredible experience being there. Really? Stephanie, yeah. you should be like a brand ambassador. Like <laughs> you gotta be something for them. Yeah, <laughs> like, here's, here's the problem. I, I don't talk that nicely about that many brands. So no, I never like, seen this in my life. This is, I know. Like oh, I'm no. usually like, this is wrong. <laughs> this is wrong. This is wrong. Thing to say. <laughs> well, yeah. Except one brand. Oh no! I mean, I mean, are you kidding? Oh, yeah. EV like pff, it's the best, like ever, best. like incredible, best. best ever. That's why I was asking Katie, does she like beautiful hotels? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jeff. You like beautiful hotels? There's one very beautiful hotel. What could it be? Very beautiful. The mansion in Turtle Creek. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, uh, that's pretty much the end of the show. I want to thank everybody that joined us. Um, and, you know, there's some, I would say not some, very exciting news coming soon. Um, we're getting very close of another location of EV. Um, so it's, it's going to be a very exciting place. So it's going to be in the United States. It's going to be in sunny weather. So I, before the show, and this is for everybody because I haven't heard it, but got some great news. Um, they're very close of getting what they need to get done uh, from their side of things and from what our commitment levels look like. So um, we're looking maybe in a few weeks. Who knows? It's going to be an announcement yeah. coming soon. And I think I love this location. Um, I simply love it. So, you know, hopefully everything works out the way it's going in the right path and it works out and I'll, I'm going to be very excited. I'm very excited for the city of Phoenix. I'm excited for all our locations. Uh, but just this location is kind of very close in a way for me. I've never been there, but you know, it's just, um, it's got a lot of relationships to the relationships I even have there. So you know, excited for it. I'm sure the EV team's going to find out very soon if they don't know. But, you know, and I'm sure the rest of social media is going to be knowing about it once we get it. all the paperwork, the good good old stuff, get all that T's crossed out, eyes looked at. All the good stuff. 
Yep, all the good stuff. And, you know, I know, Katie, you're not going to be here next week. So Merry Christmas yeah. to you and your Merry family. Merry Christmas, guys. Thank, so, you. thank you. You know, we love having you on the show. Um, I think, I Jeff, you're you. not going to be here either, right, next week? Not next week. Yeah, I'm actually out next week as well. So, Jeff, <laughs> I want to do the whole show by yourself. Just the voice. But we'll La- tune Larry, in. Larry King style. Just do it yeah. by yourself. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. You got this. No, Brian's gonna be here. Brian's. I don't know if I'm gonna be here. Brian's. Brian, Brian's actually not gonna be here. I don't think I'm gonna be here. Brian, Brian's be here. He's gonna be in good spirits. In He's like Brian. You Brian, will be in good spirits. spirits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. We're we're actually gonna skip next week's show. Um, I'm gonna be traveling too myself, so. Um, it's like the one, one day of the year that I say I have to not work, you know, that one day, that one day, because if I do work, I'm going to have a very upset father. So I don't like that. (laughs) That's definitely not good. (laughs) So, but you know, I wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Obviously, everybody here, everybody listening in, and just want to thank everybody for their support. I want to thank Surf Request, our sponsor. I want to thank CCC, Contractors Closers Connection, very dear friend of mine, board member as well, both of them, Catherine Koning, and Chris Meyer. Chris Meyer's just been fantastic. Known the guy for a long time now, six months maybe, and you know, it's just a great relationship. He does amazing work for EV and has been a very component, uh, big component of what we're doing. So thank you, Chris. Thank you, Catherine. Merry Christmas to the entire EV board as well. And happy holidays to everybody. Stay safe. Do not get yourself enough trouble. Don't don't drink too much eggnog. Don't eat. Eggnod. That's cookie. a great name, by the way, eggnog. <laughs> just drink it and not off. I love it. Let's get on that. Brian's already, you're already in Christmas mode. I can see you're already like done. seven days. Days. Eight Put days? a fork in me. I am done. I don't know how many days. <laughs> like eight. Eight. He's like, Santa's oh already God. here. So, but thank you did, guys. Did you see that Alexa that ruined Christmas for that kid when it said Santa Claus? Yeah, yeah. Real? It's yeah. terrible. Oh, uh-huh. no. It's pretty funny. Brian, you're just having flashbacks. <laughs> he is real, and he's going to be at EV Hotel December 2022, coming down That's everybody's right. room chimney. He's he's That's real. Right. He's real. In everybody's you know. room chimney. <laughs> he's real. He's, he's Thanks, guys. Real. Ciao. Bye, everyone. Bye. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.